2: and welcome to another episode of strange planet thanks for sticking me in your ear well italy has just elected its first ever female prime minister georgia maloney leader of the upstart uh, brothers of italy party of course getting its name from the uh, the first line of their national anthem uh, but it's um it's left the uh, the lamestream media absolutely apoplectic they are not happy about this nor are they happy about what we are seeing is a growing trend across europe uh, with the election of another uh, nationalist populist uh, coalition um, government in sweden and we can expect uh, the same probably in places like spain next year where the vox party is also another nationalist populist conservative uh, party perhaps ready to take power here to discuss this and other things are two authors of a uh, a new book called the military guide to disarming deception battlefield tactics to expose the enemy's lies and triumph in truth u.s army chaplain colonel david J. giamona and troy anderson are with me welcome both gentlemen richard great to be with you today likewise yeah good to be here before we uh, dive into what's happening in Italy and elsewhere across uh, Europe and really this growing trend which is kind of pushing back against the, uh, the neoliberal globalist order that we now have, um, let me find out a little bit about uh, your uh, frontline battle ready network.
3: Sure. Um, we have actually been recording in the last several weeks new shows that really talk about what we're talking about today, uh, global events that affect the end times and how to prepare for it. So we're just not a new show. We actually tell people what they need to do in order to get ready and prepare and navigate those, uh, the times that we're in. And so we're on a YouTube channel and we're on a battle-ready.org, uh, on our website that you can get all that information.
2: Fantastic. So let's talk about the election of Georgia Maloney. Now, ordinarily the election of a, um, a female leader anywhere in the world would have been met with, uh, you know, uh, cheers and jubilation from the mainstream media. She would have been on the cover of every magazine, but of course, uh, she's being vilified because uh, while she's a woman, she doesn't have the right opinions. She's all about uh, faith, family, and tradition. And part of this, as I mentioned, this growing trend, uh, some may say this unstoppable movement, the rise of national populist conservatism. What are your thoughts? Were you surprised by the, the mainstream media's reaction? Oh, <laughs> Uh, I'll,
3: I'll go first, but no, I'm not, never surprised by their reaction because they we know they're full of hypocrisy. Uh, they say, you know, a lot of things out of one side of their mouth and then espouse things on the other side. So this, you know, doesn't surprise me at all that, uh, you know, they're upset by a woman being in charge first time in Italy. And, uh, by the way, I'm Jamona, I'm Sicilian, um, c- third generation. So I'm happy for the Italian people. I think it's a worldwide movement that's starting to take place. I think people are really sick and tired of the progressive policies of the left. They don't work. They've never worked. And so uh, we're, they're getting pushed back and they don't like it. Troy?
4: Yeah, I think we're seeing uh, a lot of people finally waking up to what's really happening. People are waking up to reality that you know, this powerful elite, you know, the World Economic Forum, the Council on Foreign Relations, the United Nations, you know, all these the different globalist institutions, their, their plans to create this new technocratic, you know, global system is it, taking away people's freedoms. It, it's costing them uh, their, their health, their, their incomes, their freedoms, uh, their liberties. And so... But we're seeing people you know, running for office around the world now, uh, conservatives and, and nationalists, people who b- believe in their countries. And so I, I think we're seeing a, a global phenomenon that's very encouraging.
2: In its early uh, iteration, I guess, the, uh, the Brothers of Italy party did kind of flirt with neo-fascism and they have a couple of members of the party, I believe, who were elected m- uh, members of parliament who are descendants of uh, Benito Mussolini, of course, the dictator from Italy uh in Italy you know the creator of the fascist party that which was later adopted by uh, Hitler in Germany uh talk to me about how though the I mean it, but she's disavowed that obviously uh but talk to me how the mainstream media is trying to uh paint uh the Brothers of Italy party in fact any any sort of right of center conservative movement as fascist
3: Right. I mean, the mainstream media is going all out in their effort to make her look like a, uh, you know, a, a right wing conservative pundit that she is, but then vilifying her at every turn and uh, connecting her to uh, fascism or neo fascism, or as Joe Biden had put it, you know, half fascism, however you want to t- make the term. But the fact that the matter remains that she uh, is a very strong uh, family person, family a person of faith, a person of great character, and so the, they don't like that because that is not part of the mainstream's agenda. Troy?
4: Yeah, I mean, it's if you remember in uh, George Orwell's book, 1984, you know, uh, slavery is freedom, you know, everything is reversed. And this is the strategy we've seen from the the globalists is that everything that they're doing, they accuse the other side of it. So it's it's this campaign of, you know, accusing people of racism, accusing people of of fascism. And and yet they're the ones that are, you know, taking away people's freedoms and and, uh, doing all these different things that are, you know, contrary to Western values. And so this is, you know, uh, just another example of... uh, uh you know orwellian speak essentially
2: uh as i mentioned off the top this follows the um election in sweden a couple of weeks uh, earlier where we have now a a coalition of right of center parties uh there is the 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 sweden democrats who are uh again the very early iteration of the party was rather unsavory but the uh the leader uh, the new leader of the party sort of expunged all of those elements out of the party and they are now again very much in line with let's say the the brothers of italy uh brothers of italy party faith family uh tradition a culture obviously sweden has huge crime problems but this this uh, right of center coalition likely will uh will form the next government or will form the next government but do you sense though the 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 liberal media is starting to panic now when they're sitting back and watching like that's two in a row in, in Europe. Prior to that, we had um, Marine Le Pen and her national rally party making huge gains in the parliament.
3: Yeah. Well, number one, um, Richard, the fact of the matter is most people who uh, are of our ilk caliber, um, working folks, plain folks, they know that the progressive liberal agenda, it doesn't work it has never worked and will never work in fact i've asked lots of socialists communists fascists whatever you name in the, and And they say, well, they've never done it right before. That's why it's never worked. Well, it's never worked because man's center is greed. And whoever gets to the top is going to dictate all of these things. So the media is panicking. And even in our own country here in the United States, the writing is on the wall. Uh, I think Biden and the liberals uh, today, yesterday, they've been attacking greatly their own people, attacking Nancy Pelosi and all the things that she's been doing. So... All these things are
2: just uh, uh, in the mix for a grassroots movement worldwide that we're beginning to see unfold. I, I neglected to mention uh, Viktor Orban in, uh, in Hungary who uh, recently won his fourth consecutive election. And uh, again, uh, Hungary sort of redefining itself. I think they, in its constitution now as a, as a Christian country, he's all about family, faith, and, and tradition. Um, but he has been uh, vilified by the European Union, um, uh, he's in a bit of a, a delicate situation because he's he's really opposing the, glo- the neoliberal globalist order but he also has to survive and live and and have his people thrive within what is in effect a neoliberal globalist organization with the European Union uh, I mean how difficult do you think it's going to be for someone like a Georgia Maloney to operate in that in that within the EU while you know, also being opposed to the the EU.
4: Yeah, I mean, this is one of the challenges is they're trying to make it increasingly difficult for people to survive unless you, you know, you go along with the program. And so there's the economic majors that we're seeing are are being employed. You know, the ESG system that's being rolled out, the corporations are falling in line with. You've got the the social credit score system that China has been using very successfully to keep their population in control. That's been expanded, I understand, about 12 different countries where uh, essentially you have this score where uh, if you don't, you know, toe, toe the communist line, you can, you know, potentially your bank account could be turned off. You find a difficulty getting jobs, you know, renting apartments, that kind of thing. And and that could be expanded worldwide. So they're, they're trying to roll out this economic control system to, you know, for, force everybody to to bow to them, essentially. And so that, that's something that needs to be addressed as. As we're seeing this movement uh, rise uh, around the globe.
2: Uh, I see the the these as sort of the initial steps of the European Union basically unwinding, and eventually it will lead to uh, its dissolution. Perhaps it'll happen in stages, where you may have uh, you know Germany and a few other countries remaining in the EU. Maybe they'll have a, a Southern EU and a Central EU, but eventually I think it'll all be gone, and we'll return to um, you know independent nation states with their own currencies their own culture uh, their own traditions and so forth Um, talk to me about biblically how that fits in because you know some people see the um, you know the, uh, the the European Union as having sort of a role in in end times prophecy and so forth how do you see this narrative of the EU breaking up and and Europe returning, perhaps, to uh, the days of Christendom as opposed to the uh, the end times narrative.
3: Well, uh, growing up, uh, myself and Troy too, we've read the book The Late Great Planet Earth, and that's really where a lot of this comes from. Um, Not necessarily a biblical point of view, but uh, from what was happening in the 70s onwards, uh, Russia seemed to be the great monster and the Europe, you know the Antichrist would come out of Europe. but in recent days there's other narratives that are coming out. A friend of our Joel Richardson uh, talking about the you know the Antichrist coming out of Islam and the fourth of the world population Islamic. and uh, it's not necessarily uh, the Antichrist may not come out of the European Union as once thought, many years ago. Uh, there's a lot of other scholarship has been done in recent years that shows that may not be a, that. But, you know, you know, Jesus said to watch and pray. So we're every day, we're kind of looking at the narrative of everything that's going on in the world and and lining up to what the scripture says. So uh, I'm sure Troy has some other things you want to add to that, right, Troy?
4: Yeah, I think, I think you look at scripture, I mean, there's been many times where essentially you know, the the devils tried to bring this Antichrist system online. We've seen it throughout history, you know, especially saw it with the rise of Hitler and Nazi Germany, you know, in the 1930s and 40s. And of course, you know, Americans sort of pulled themselves up by the bootstraps, the the Russians, the British, uh, you know, the Allied forces and pushed back against it and defeated Nazism. And so I think we're seeing a a similar phenomena arise today with had, you know, similar uh, aspects to it. And people are beginning to push back against it. And I just remember an interview I did with Billy Graham, and he he compared America to ancient Nineveh, and he said when when God sent the prophet Jonah to Nineveh to warn them of impending judgment, that the king and the people repented. And Billy Graham told me that he believed the same thing could happen again today in America. So I, I think it's it's accurate to say in Scripture that the you know God has put the ball in our court. It doesn't necessarily have to happen right now. And if the EU broke up, I mean thing the pushback against his globalist agenda i don't think it's necessarily that uh, you know jesus said only the father knows when all these things will happen so there's there's always hope i believe
2: right so in other words if i'm hearing you correctly um th- this trend in europe let's say to return to faith family tradition uh if the united states let's say what let's see what happens in the midterm election but if we get uh the republicans Uh, winning the house which if they're expected to do retaking the senate maybe reclaiming the white house in 2024 and we have kind of a uh, a resurgence in in the uh, conservative populist movement in the united states that all of these things could forestall end times and and the judgment and so forth
3: yeah, possibly. Um, I've been t- saying that there, there's always a parallel movement going on. You know, what's going on in years past, we've had revivals, uh, great awakenings, which changed the whole structure of the United States and people around the world. We had the Azusa Street revival that touched 500 million people. So there's always that move of God that you never know what's going to happen. But, you know, as my son and I have had these discussions and others around the world, uh, you know, he says, Dad, you know, the end times have to happen sometime. Now, I don't know, like, choices is going to happen right now or not, and how it's going to happen. We do know from uh, all of our reading and scholarly scholarly research that there is a globalist movement. There is, uh, you know, all these people of rich uh, that want to take over the world and want to create a globalist movement. They're out there. They're powerful. Um, So, you know there's going to be all kinds of different uh, entities coming and going in the years to come. and exactly when the Lord's going to come, you know, we can never say that. He did Jesus even said he did not know. But we do see the signs of the time since Israel became a nation in 1948, May 14th. You know, that was the greatest sign of end times that we could possibly have. And the rebuilding of the temple possibly in the future. So many things
2: happening in a biblical perspective. and may not happen the way we think it's going to happen all right gentlemen we'll take a quick time out and uh come back and continue to discuss uh the rise of the uh nationalist populist conservative movement end times prophecy with uh, u.s army chaplain colonel david j giamona and troy anderson authors of the military guide to disarming deception battlefield tactics to expose the enemy's lies and triumph in truth back with more in a moment
0: stay with us download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator
1: the truth will set you free free free, free. but first it will really tick you off welcome back to richard Serrett's strange planet
2: and we're back with U.S. Army Chaplain Colonel David G. J. Giamona and Troy Anderson. The book is the military guide to disarming deception. Just uh, give my listeners a bit of a preview of what the book is about, gentlemen.
3: Well, uh, I take 32 years of military experience, and Troy takes all his decades of journalism, and we combine it together to translate. You know how the military operates in a deceptive environment, uh, as we know. Uh, Sun Tzu said in The Art of War, all warfare is deception. We've been at war. Mankind has been at war with the forces of darkness for 5,000 plus years. And so... uh it- in recent times, deception has really overtaken the world in the media, in the government, in education, and that's why we're on the show today. And so we can we can tell all about these things and how the, there's a biblical worldview to counteract all the things that we're experiencing, and we're beginning to see some signs of the church waking up, uh, you know, this populist movement, conservatism, and um, some things are uh, encouraging in, in, as the future rolls up.
4: Did you
2: yeah, want to yeah, add anything, yeah. Troy? Uh,
4: Yeah, Richard, uh, you know, I've been a journalist for three decades, and so I I take so many, you know, the experiences and knowledge I've gained in in journalism and, you know, fairly now the truth, and and, uh, that there's so much this unparalleled amount of deception going on, especially in the mainstream media and social media. Uh, The recent study that found that the same kind of, you know, tactics of propaganda that, you know, Goebbels the Nazi Germany used on the Germans in the 1930s has now been employed against not just Americans, but people worldwide you know, psychological operations, disinformation, uh, they, they, they've affected this with the use of, you know, artificial intelligence and social media, uh, that these things are hugely influential, influential on people. And so many people have been deceived. And so the Bible is full of great wisdom and how to navigate this. Jesus said, uh, the truth will set you free. And when, when Christ's followers asked him, what will be the signs of, of the last days? He said, watch out that no one deceives you. And so this book will help people not only navigate this new Orwellian world of deception, but also, you know, learn how to put on the full armor of God, you know, the sword of the spirit, the uh, gospel of, the, uh, you know, readiness and the belt of salvation and these kind of things that help you be a victorious, you know, soldier of Christ in this, this great battle that we find ourselves in.
2: Rod Dreher wrote this book, uh, The Benedict Option, which was basically uh, suggesting that Christians need to sort of circle the wagons, um, you know, we are, we have been sort of isolated and ostracized and rejected uh, by current society, and so maybe the best thing to do is for us to re, is to retreat and, f- and, and form our own parallel society. What are your thoughts? Is that capitulation or is that simply a survival mechanism? That's an
3: interesting, I haven't heard the book, be interesting to read, but the, you know, Jesus doesn't want us to withdraw from the world. Uh, He came into the world to to bring salvation. And so our, from my biblical uh, point of view is we don't need to circle the wagons. We need to do and go forth and engage the world with the truth. I, I love your uh, opening, it says, you know, the truth will set you free and then it'll really tick you off. Well, you know, the truth will set you free, and if we circle the wagons so and we don't proclaim the truth, then we're not fulfilling the great commission that Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Um, and the Catholics did this uh, in, in for years and years, they convents, uh, mon- monasteries and such like that, and cloistered themselves. But it's not beneficial in in the long run to cloister ourselves from the world, and because we're not going to make an impact on those that really need to hear the message of salvation.
4: Troy, yeah, I think the most uh, encouraging thing that's happening is those sh- shows like yours. Uh, you know, p- many people around the world, you know, trying to reveal the truth, trying to tell people what's really happening, is now having a, a gigantic impact because there's 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 such a a rising number of people that are doing this now and so as as a journalist that was my entire mission the last three decades is try to tell people what the real truth is and I've seen it time and time again when you expose government corruption when you expose different things going on there's people that'll be inspired by that they'll take action they'll run for office they'll do things to try to fix the problem and that's what we're seeing happening now so that you know and Jesus told us this you know the, the light uh you know shines you know pushes back against the darkness and so you know, James said, you know, resist the devil and he will flee from you. So as we push back against this you know, dark agenda, you know, we're seeing this, this, you know, rioting movement now that, uh, giving a lot of people hope.
2: Uh, right now we are um, getting ready to uh, vote in municipal elections in Ontario, where I am right now. And so we'll be electing school trustees and we'll be electing city council members and mayors and Reeves and so on and so forth. And of course i don't know what it's like in the united states uh, uh generally but municipal elections team seem or tend to have very low voter turnout people don't seem to be interested in municipal elections but i think i mean all politics is local and and that's where you know in our schools and our school boards that's where a lot of the the, uh, the the problems that we face in society really take root um can you give give my listeners maybe some battlefield tactics to keep in mind as we head into municipal elections and are voting for these very important positions.
3: I was just in a uh, meeting a, a few months ago with uh, some g- great speakers and and the, the fact of the matter is every vote counts and so if you're going to municip- municipal elections you need to vote the truth, you know, the biblical worldview, because if you don't, someone else will vote on the opposite and you will not get the results you want. And so the silent majority cannot remain silent anymore. We have to bring in the votes. We have to bring in people of biblical worldview. And said, if we don't do anything, then it's on us. It's our fault if we don't bring. And so uh, history has shown that when the, the righteous people get together and we make uh, things happen, Things change, so we cannot just pull up our hands and say and hide and say, no, I'm not voting because it's not important." It's extremely in point, important that you vote.
4: Yeah, yeah. Here in uh, I, I live in California, we, we've got uh, you know eight million evangelicals in, in California, and I think it's uh, 25 million Christians in general. But uh, the statistics show that only about 25 percent vote presidential elections, and less than that. And off elections and so if just a you know a somewhat higher percentage of people would actually go out and vote here in California you, you would see in California you know go go red potentially and so um you know there's there's a lot of people that have been encouraging you know believers to go vote and we would certainly encourage people to vote because you know people have done everything they can to, to fix the, the system around the country and uh, now we have these elections coming up so you know now was the time to you know, they have to do jury duty, but it's a very small price to pay for, for freedom and liberty. I mean, we've seen, you know, such unprecedented losses of freedom in the last couple of years uh, that. uh every-
2: All right. Well, I lost the last of second there or two, Troy, you cut out there. Um You just want to back up and just repeat the last oh. line there.
4: Yeah, just, uh, you know, we've seen such, you know, unprecedented loss of, of liberties and freedoms, the churches closed down, uh, you know, just you know, this whole pandemic was sort of a, a trial run of what the world might look like under this global technocratic system, and it's not a pretty picture. And so, you know, if you want to protect your children, your grandchildren, maintain freedom for them, you know, it's a coming upon all of us, you know, take the time to go vote, you may have to do jury duty, but it's, a, you know, a small price to pay for maintaining freedom and liberty.
2: Uh, I, I don't want to sound like a uh, an apologist for Vladimir Putin, um, but one of his stated objectives in um, this he calls it his special military operation in Ukraine. But he's clearly the aggressor here. But one of his stated objectives is he he sees the West as uh, satanic. Practically, I think in fact in a recent speech he used that that, that those words satanic. And and when you look at what is happening to our culture, not just in the United States, but in Canada, and Western Europe? Um, do you do you see him as a as a figure who, in in some ways, is in fact standing up for for Chris, Christendom?
3: I wouldn't go that far um, because Vladimir is an interesting character, very complex, and of course he has a whole history of uh, KGB um, and deep state kinds of things, but you know, uh, both he and Islam has stated in recent years that the West is decadent, is full of of devilry and satanic uh, problems. And so he may see himself as a righteous sword of uh, Yahweh to, you know, bring judgment on... Because let's face it, the Ukraine is extremely corrupt. So is Russia, but the Ukraine, very corrupt uh, political... uh, agendas in in, in that country, and so, you know, I could see why Putin would say that, and he, of course, he wants righteous on on their side, and just some years ago, uh, during the Cold War, you know, uh, Russia was atheistic, communistic, and so, uh, you know, now they've turned the corner on that in some capacity, but and and that we've gone the way on the other side. We've lost our moral footings completely. So it's an interesting uh, subject. Troy, your thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, I mean it's, it's very interesting that you know, he's making these kind of statements. I think I just read some today that you know do, do you want? He told the you know when they're rolling out the um, this uh, uh, you know these four new regions that he's taking control of. Uh, he said that, uh, do, do you want your children to be going through sex change operations and all these transgender things uh, going on here in America and in the West? And then that, that's true. I mean, it's, it's outrageous that these things are happening and it's, it's terrible that, you know, children are being subjected to this kind of thing. But at the same time, you know, he's threatening nuclear war, uh, he's threatening the use of tactical nuclear weapons in order to gain the, the territories he'd like to gain here. Which you know would be unprecedented in world history. I mean, this could literally set off World War III, and um, you know, once once those are used, it could be extremely dangerous. And and there are verses in the Bible that may refer to you know Russia, uh, you know, initiating a nuclear war at some point. Um, so it's it's very dangerous kind of rhetoric, and so it's a very complicated geopolitical situation. And, and you know, of course, there's there's many different you know spy agencies and that kind of thing involved in all kinds of you know. Information that's going back and forth.
2: Right. All right. Another timeout, gentlemen. Back with more of our conversation right after these. Don't go. Away.
1: The truth goes through three stages. First, it is ridiculed. ridiculed. Second, it is violently opposed. opposed. Third, it is accepted as self evident. Self evident. You're listening to Richard Sarrett's Strange Planet.
2: Welcome back. The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth, and my um, guest, US Army Chaplain Colonel David J. Giamona and Troy Anderson. Um, how do we get a copy of the book? Anywhere books are sold,
3: uh, Amazon, books, and, books A Million, uh, Barnes and Noble, and our website, which, as we want to say, is www.battle-ready.org, where you can see um, not just the book, but you can see uh, all the things that we're doing: uh, new videos, new podcasts that we're doing, uh, our Frontline Battle Ready Network uh, that's on YouTube, and many, many other things. Troy, did I miss something?
4: Yeah, and the, the newsletters, uh, uh, battle ready dot, dot org. So there's, there's battle-ready.org, and there's also battlereadyministries.org uh, for, for the newsletter.
2: All right. Um, let's talk about the Antichrist system, um, which is in place, clearly. I mean, we have, um, you mentioned the social credit system in China, uh, and another 12 countries, did you say, are moving rapidly towards that. We also have um, a number of countries, on the cusp of launching some sort of central bank digital currency. Uh, can you talk to me about, about um, how a, a, a central bank digital currency would also play into uh, end times?
3: Yeah, I'll, I'll start first, and I'll let Troy um, come in because he's done a lot of research on this. But the fact of the matter is this. Uh, That's a very scary thing when we start digitizing currency because now it can be controlled. You know, as it is right now in the United States of America, we have cash, checks, you know, all kinds of different currency. But if it all becomes digital, which they're trying now in Europe, in uh, Denmark, I believe, and Sweden, uh, if it all becomes uh, digital, and in China, of course, Uh, then they control it. It can be centralized, controlled, and then they can control what you, uh, they can see what you're buying, They can control your spending. They can control what you get, what you don't get. You're buying, you're selling, just like it says in the book of Revelation, chapter 13. So uh, that's where the world is headed, this digitized currency. Everybody thinks it's a great idea, you know, and uh, for for a lot of reasons. But there's a real dark side to this that really should scare people uh, in, in trying to go forward. Troy, your thoughts on that?
4: Yeah, I mean, really, this is the first time in history where you could actually have this mark of the beast system that Revelation 13 refers to, where you can't buy or sell without this this mark or whatever it is. You know, with, with artificial intelligence, with a surveillance state, electronic banking, with even microchip implants and neural implants that they're beginning to experiment with, and all kinds of nanotechnologies and and uh, all kinds of you know amazing you know technologies that are also very dangerous. That, you know, militaries are developing around the world you know, you could have this system where you could potentially be hooked into the hive mind and, and, that, and that kind of thing. And so, you know, and there's, I'm sure there's there very well to be spiritual aspects to this. And so there's there's all these phrases in the book of Revelation, the image of the beast and the mark of the beast and, and things like that, that they refer to these things. And and so the first time in history, we actually could have a system like this. And so that's the, that's the place where we find ourselves in, at this point in history.
2: Is there a battlefield tactic to combat a digital currency? I mean, do we, do we gather together and develop uh, communities where we barter? What do we do?
3: There are movements that we have been, Troy and I have been a part of uh, talking to people who are very knowledgeable with other platforms. And as we speak, they're developing uh, foundations of freedom. Other places are developing platforms that are, you know, uh, conservative Christian platforms that we can talk to each other without interruption. Right now, you can be, of course, you can be censored in so many different ways. But uh, these people are also developing platforms for bartering digital systems, their own, you know, internal uh, kind of a black market in case everything goes belly up and the world goes fully digital. So those are kinds of things that are developing uh, for sure in in the freedom uh, and faith movement that we see across around the country.
2: Uh, How about climate change? Um, I mean, I I, I see climate change as a a death cult or uh, the people that are that are, that are advocating uh, the idea that there is man-made climate change and it will have catastrophic uh, consequences. I see that as a, as a death cult. I mean, and we're seeing that play out now in Europe where they're facing a very bleak and cold winter uh, because Germany and others abandoned fossil fuels and decided that they would go all in with wind and solar and it's simply you know not adequate. And then of course they were reliant upon Russia's natural gas and he turned off the spigot uh, so they are in a real jam. Talk to me how uh, uh, how climate change fits into the Antichrist system.
4: Yeah, I and mean, essentially what the globalists are doing are, are using climate change as their excuse for why we need to have this, this new great reset of, of the economic system, of the geopolitical system. If, if we don't address uh, climate change, you know, the world's going to end. know here in 10 years whatever the last prediction was they've been saying that for decades now if you go back and look through the literature um and so this this is one of the reasons why you know they they you know say we need to you know get rid of fossil fuels and and move to solar and wind but at the same time there's very interesting things going on we just had this this pipeline you know sabotaged and uh, now this this hurricane Ian just took out one of the largest fertilizer companies uh, in in America, and so we we literally could be moving into a period of time where people are having difficulty getting heating, difficulty you know getting enough food and and supplies, and so you know it makes you wonder if, if this is part of their strategy to try to force us into this this new system, you know not not just those things but many different things that are occurring. Uh, so uh, yeah, it's a, you know climate change is a uh, you know their, their excuse for why they you know need to move us into this new uh, great reset.
2: In in the book the military guide to disarming deception you talk about how we uh we are in what's called asymmetrical warfare. We're in the middle of asymmetrical warfare. How do you mean?
3: Well, in back in the uh, previous wars, World War 1, civil war, World War 2, we had front lines. You know we had battle lines drawn. You knew where the enemy was, you knew their tactics. you know you knew what they were probably going to do. And so you went forward and you had rear echelon lines and you had supply lines and all that. But in current wars and in current situation in the world, asymmetrical warfare is, the battlefield is everywhere it could even be in your own home. It's in the media. It's in the government. It's an educational system. I mean, asymmetric means uh, there is no front line or back line. It's Battle space, they call it now in the military. So uh, we're, you know, we're fighting a front in in every direction. In the old days, it used to be you can go to church and you know relax and hear a strong gospel message and go to your you know house and you know enjoy a meal with your family, and not anymore. Depending on what church you go to, there are you know churches are embracing a council culture. So asymmetrical uh, symmetrical warfare is happening on every level, every front. Uh, including the currency we we're talking about, about we're talking about uh, climate change, we're talking about geopolitical uh, messes in the world, so uh, it's everywhere, and in the book, the reason we wrote it is to help people navigate that, and you navigate it by first, we say do an AAR, an after-action review of your life, we do that in the military, what's going well, what's not, what do you need to change, who do you trust, what information? What sources do you go to? You know, it has to be a total review of your life, where you come from, where you are, and where
2: you're going. Troy, did you want to add anything before we uh, we say goodbye?
4: Oh, oh just that uh, you know, this, this book has you know many different uh, biblical strategies to essentially you know learn how to walk in the supernatural power, protection, and provision of the Holy Spirit. Um, you know, the Bible is full of stories of, of the sort of ordinary people that God used in extraordinary ways and miraculous ways. And that's going to be one of the keys is to draw close to God, you know, learn about the gifts of the spirit, learn about the armor of God, how to be victorious in all these different, you know, challenges that we're facing today.
2: Fantastic. The Military Guide to Disarming Deception, Battlefield Tactics to Expose the Enemy's Lies and Triumph in Truth. Again, give us all the details, how we get the book, how we watch the YouTube channel, uh, the newsletter,
4: etc. Yeah, so the, the main website's battle-ready.org. You can find out more about uh, both of our books, the Military Guide to Armageddon, the Military Guide to Disarming Deception. Then we have some study guides. You can go on YouTube, look up Battle Ready Ministries or Battle Ready Network and uh, watch our shows.
2: Fantastic. Gentlemen, great to uh, speak with you both. Thank you so much.
1: A new Richard A Strange Planet drops every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Subscribe at strangeplanetpodcast.com.